Swami ji, in this world, uh, people get hurt very easily, even if we say the truth or we lie. So I believe that speaking truth in the way the other person is not hurt is a skill. So how to master that skill or even how to learn that skill to speak the truth and the other person is not hurt. First thing is, at least in our mind, we have value of not hurting the person. We do not know if the person we hurt or not. We do not know their mind. We usually imagine other person is like us. Usually we start that way. And what will not hurt us, we take for granted that it will not hurt them and accordingly we conduct ourselves with good intention. Meaning that in spite of our best intention, it's likely that the other person may get hurt. Not because we intend it. But very often, what we say is interpreted by the, everybody interprets. We also interpret what the other person says or does. And we respond to what we interpret. Naturally, see, we have an interpretation or perception of what the other person said. That may or may not be exactly what the person have intended. You follow? So, sometimes it's difficult. First, to determine what is intent. There is, a, there is a verbal meaning, literal meaning and intended meaning. You may use a word in fun. A literal meaning may be an elephant, you know, and the intended meaning is fat or something like that, you follow? So, very often we use words which have one literal meaning and what we intend is sometimes different. Just to bring to your attention, I'm not elaborating on this, but generally every word can have a literal common understood meaning and the meaning that a person intends because sometimes when friends are talking you don't exclude the third person who is standing there two persons talk to each other they do not want the third person to know what they are talking then these people talk in a very clever way that what they say means something and what they intend is something else these are all these kind of jokes are very familiar when husband and wife are talking to each other. Some guest has come in and that fellow wants to, you know, the woman has to cook and she doesn't want to cook and you know how to get rid of that person, etc, etc. So outwardly you may have, you are welcoming that person, inwardly you want him to leave. You know? So what I am saying is, it's likely that what is intended is different from what is said. However, we always judge the intention of the person with whom we are communicating. So even if we say something, it is likely that the person may interpret us in their own way even though you did not intend. You follow? So if a person gets hurt, it is not necessarily because of what you said. It is likely that the person 
interpreted what you said in a certain way and then felt good or bad. Follow? If you look at our own self, you feel good about somebody, bad about somebody, depending upon our own, our own interpretation of what that person is, what the person says, what the person means. So we do not necessarily relate to the person. We relate to the person as we perceive that person or interpret the person. A person comes before me, my right, right away says, is my friend. Or is not my friend. He likes me. He does not like me. Our mind right away makes a judgment. And then we relate to that person. And so, we relate to the person as we perceive or as we judge, which may not be necessarily what that person is. You follow? So similarly, when you say, when you speak truth, your intention is only to speak truth. But it's likely that the other person interpret your intention that he is saying this to hurt me. He is taunting me. So, even though it may not be our intention, it could very well be interpreted that way. So, when somebody gets hurt because of what you say and you are surprised that I did not intend at all, but it is likely that we are not always understood in the way we are. Very often we are understood different from what we are. That's called misunderstanding or different understanding, which is a common thing. Most of the problems of communication arise from understanding the person different from what the person means or is. There are a lot of excuses, I'm sorry, I did not mean that, so that, that comes later on. But first we react. And so, as long as your intention is clear and honest, that you only intended to speak truth. You know the agenda. Understand that most of us have agenda. When we communicate, when we speak something, it is communicated or spoken with a certain intention. It's quite likely that even in the name of speaking truth, we may be taunting that person. We may be uh, making fun of that person. We want to expose that person. You know, that could be the agenda. Which is often what people have. So even if you yourself did not have agenda, it's likely the other person may interpret, oh, this is what he is, you know, he wants to expose me, he wants to hurt me, he wants to insult me, etc., etc. So when we find that the other person's response is quite different from what I meant, it means that the person has likely interpreted you in a manner different from what your intention is. You follow? It's no surprise. 
in communication more often than not people understand each other differently because of the background my own background your background and between the two has whatever history is there and that's what decides how i understand you we interpret things depending on how if i have known you for several years and i already have an impression what this fellow is and regardless of what you do also i won't change my impression i continue to interpret in a certain way we don't begin fresh you follow what i'm saying ideally every time we meet we should be fresh i should greet you in my mind as a fresh person give me the benefit of doubt that you could be different from what i knew you as yesterday but we don't we carry is human we carry our impressions from the past maintain that impression so that when i meet you already i have a conclusion about you impression about you judgment about you and i respond to you not what you are what i think you are so that is why sometimes you know people are innocent is i did not mean that at all why did but because there is history and so i take for granted that that's what this person is and that's what he he has said this to hurt me has said this to etc and then for the interpretation lots of past factors play the role so all to answer your question swami ji i only meant to speak truth i have no intention of hurting another person and so i find that person is hurt which is quite not uncommon not uncommon then now nothing you can do about it you can of course say to the person i'm sorry if i hurt you if you say sorry then the person is available to you if the person has concluded you say it what is it to hurt that then the person blocks blocks you you follow so best thing is when you find that the person is hurt because of what we said because of what we did then first thing to do is to seek pardon i'm sorry if i hurt you i did not mean to hurt you this is how we begin why do you get hurt instead of that respect the feeling of the other person even though in my opinion that feeling is not right the person should not feel hurt because there is no intention but the fact remains that the person is hurt you follow so in our interaction respecting the feeling of the other person is very important thing we said this even in the value of non violence that in order for me to be non violent meaning for me to refrain from hurting the other person i should respect the sentiment of the other person feeling of the other person i may not agree so why do you feel like that i don't feel that way that may be so 
He may not feel the way that person feels. But that person feels that way. So let us respect the person. Let us respect their feelings and sentiments. And if he did not understand their sentiment, and we rub in the wrong way, they call it, you know, so it's possible. Then best thing is, seek part, I'm sorry to hurt you. When you say that, it may be difficult for you to say, I'm sorry. But in saying that, you are expressing intention that I care for you. That I care for you. I care for your feelings. That I have no intention of hurting you. Sorry means it's unintended. So that way, you can compensate. Although you did not intend to hurt, but you find that hurt has happened. Generally, we give excuse, I'm sorry, I did not mean that. Why do you get hurt, etc. This is how we generally, you know, we justify ourselves. And uh, often, uh, we are not very sensitive to the person, usually. But then the communication breaks, the relationship are affected. You know, it's a very big price we have to pay. As I said earlier, every relationship is very important, very precious. You may not have hundreds of relationships or friends. But whatever friends you have, well, lucky you may have many friends, depending on, you know, our nature and things. But even if you have few friends, we should understand that that's a great treasure that we have. Friendship is a great treasure. Every relationship is a great treasure. If Ishwara has given us many friends, well and good. If that is not so, I have only a few friends, doesn't matter. Four friends, maybe as well as 400 friends. In terms of your satisfaction, in terms of your joy. So rather than commitment to many, many friends, or many, many relationships, if they take place, it is well and good. But our endeavor is not only to expand the relationship and friends, but to improve the quality of every relationship. You follow what I am saying? And this is a part of it. When you say, I am sorry, if you are, if you are genuine, not just saying for the sake, because then the other person will not, you don't mean it. But if you genuinely say, then it will be conveyed. You know, our inner feelings get conveyed. Usually the other person will know. You are saying for the sake of, you don't mean it. Then it doesn't work. So when you say, I am sorry, don't just, don't give a lip service, you know. Meaning, don't say for the sake of saying, don't say it. If you are not sorry, they don't say it. Because then again, you are not truthful. But then, we should feel sorry when you find another person unhappy. I did not mean you, whether you meant or not. I am not responsible, you are responsible, but the other person is unhappy. That should be enough to make us unhappy, you follow? 
Not because I made the person unhappy, therefore I feel unhappy. That is of course there. Other person is unhappy. And I care for that person. So that caring for the person makes me unhappy. You follow? And then I respond. That I want to make a father. I say, sorry is word. What I mean is the intention is that I care for you. Care for your feelings. And I did not and that I did not mean that. Then they'll be listen, ready to listen to you. Otherwise you're dismissed. Moment somebody is hurt because of what you say and what you did, you are dismissed. You are blocked. Then whatever you say is going to be misinterpreted or misunderstood. That's how all misunderstanding builds up in relationships, even in close relationships. You follow? So this is a very important lesson in relationship. Number one, that every relationship is very precious. I've said this earlier. Because most of our happiness in life comes from relationship. Only a very minor amount of happiness comes from other things like fun, like pleasure. But most of the happiness comes from relationship. relationship. And so uh, that shows you care. So yeah, what you say is very common. Swamiji when we say truth is always bitter. Then I have to look at myself. When I spoke the truth, what was my intention? Did I say, speak the truth or say speaking? Was it necessary to say? See, speaking truth is good, all right. But provided it is necessary, you know. Satyam Bruyat, Priyam Bruyat, speak truth in a pleasant manner. Hitam Bruyat, if it is, if serves the purpose. Speaking truth does not mean that you to speak that. Understand this. There is no rule that you should speak. Rule is that if you choose to speak, that's our choice. Choose to speak, then the rule is you should speak truth. But if truth is not convenient, whether person is not ready for the truth, or speaking truth does not serve a purpose, then don't speak. So this is a choice. To speak or not to speak is my choice. I first exercise a choice. And my mind determine. Is it necessary to say anything at this time? Is it necessary to say the truth? Speaking truth is not always necessary. As I said, if we choose to speak, then we should have value of speaking truth. But there is no need for us to speak most of the time. Because more often than not, people speak truth in the name of speaking truth, they want to taunt the other person, they want to hurt the other person. Usually, that is a very often that's the case, not usually. Very often, people use truth as a weapon to hurt. I said why? I said truth, I didn't say anything. You did not say wrong. You say truth, all right. 
What is the intention? Why did you say that? All of a sudden, you are in a conversation. Oh, I know they were there. Oh, you know what happened to him yesterday. No, out of total context, people say things. Because he's so eager to just expose the person. Sometimes we are exposing the person. So, a lot of intentions are there. Nobody speaks without intention. So, when you also speak, spoke truth, regardless of whether the other person got hurt or not, you should be clear, why did you say that? Our words are very precious. And we do not use words for the sake of using them. Just because the organ of speech is given doesn't mean we should keep on talking. Our scriptures say that speech is very precious. And so, not only it takes energy, which is you know, a common thing. But because words are the primary means of communication of human beings, there are other means of communication which we have not learned yet. You know, people communicate through the mind and thoughts, and we are not there yet. So, words are the means of communication. And therefore, we should be very Careful in saying that, we should know the value of word, value of truth, value of relationship, value of feelings, value of sentiments. All of these are kept in mind, you know, before uttering anything. More often than not, we realize later after having said or done something, which is all right, but we learn. So I said that and this is the result. I read this result so I, get, I learn a lesson. The next time I will refrain from doing this. Next time I am doing differently. You follow? So even if you make mistake, our approach is to learn from that mistake. So that we do not repeat. We may repeat also. Again learn. Again repeat. Again learn. The certain things are so habitual with us that we do things without thinking. So every time mind does it, remind the mind. Remind, look, this is whatever you do it differently next time. Okay, that's a long lecture for answer your question. But uh, since this is a very important thing, we constantly interact with people. Whether our parents, siblings, friends, and you know. And speaking is most important, speaking truth is most important. So that's why we devoted this much of time, you know, in uh, use of our words and carefulness in communication. So that makes us alert. Any one value that we pick up and any value you want to follow requires alertness, awarefulness, alertness. Every moment gives us an opportunity to follow that value. And non-violence is the most pervasive value. Because violence can take place in every action of ours. As we just discussed, that even though at the physical level my action will be non-violent, I speak very sweet words, I, I, 
you know but intention could be quite different so thus we can hurt a person physically by physical action or with our physical action with our words with our thoughts we can hurt the feelings also emotionally so continuing on those ideas in the discussion of the value of non violence we say two things at the end consumption and possession we consume more than what we require and we possess more than what we require so how outwardly it is not a violent i don't hurt anybody is love five pairs of clothes i may possess 25 pairs of clothes is nobody's business instead of a simple thing like water i may consume may fancy you know drinks and stuff like that or, or beverages and so forth so unfortunately human being has concluded this world has concluded so we also have concluded when we grow in this world in this culture of consumption any article you read on finance or economics and i don't disagree with that that you have to increase your consumption you increase the consumption then that requires production that requires employment that brings about prosperity you see this is the formula as i understand economics a little bit the formula everybody wants prosperity because more prosperity is more happiness is that's the formula so wealthier the country is more prosperous the country is happier are the people so how do make them prosperous by creating employment when a person is employed the person gets compensated for the work, the work that person does that is a source of income so more employment more income more income more prosperity more prosperity more happiness this formula more the prosperity more the happiness this is a conclusion that human being is made for whatever reason no scripture in the world says this not only veda hindu scripture they don't say no scripture says that you go back to either bible or quran or any scripture in the world number of religions are there nobody is there has said that more you consume happier you are nobody says that it is true I'm not familiar with much familiar with other scriptures but I know our scriptures very well 
that our scriptures very clearly say that more consumption brings them all more unhappiness. We have given this example, Shu pointed out that consumption is like fire. More you consume, it is like pouring butter in the fire. Your first plate of ice cream, you enjoy. You want second plate of ice cream, you enjoy. You want third plate of ice cream. So this enjoyment of pleasure, I should say, coming, this is the example of consumption. Consumption is use, you know, using things for our pleasure. Consumption doesn't mean that you just consume through mouth. But any object of pleasure, which may be food, clothing, vehicles, traveling, whatever. All these things that we use for as a means of pleasure is called consumption. We are using this world and resources of the world for our pleasure because you have concluded that pleasure comes from the objects of the world. Pleasure comes from good food, pleasure comes from music, pleasure comes from clothing, etc., etc. And because of this conclusion, naturally, we surround ourselves with good food, good music, good clothing, whatever we consider as the means of pleasure. Basically, we want happiness. And these are looked upon as means of happiness, therefore we want more and more of them. Conclusion is that more I experience, happier I am. So that is the conclusion we have and our scriptures do not agree with that conclusion. Because we have concluded all this without really subjecting this conclusion to any scrutiny of thought. We just concluded without inquiring as to whether I have valid reason for this conclusion. Is it logical? Have I used my reasoning? Have I used my logic in arriving at conclusion? Or I have simply concluded. Even though human being is given the intellect, faculty of reasoning, logic which we use everywhere, in business and everywhere. Somehow when it comes to life, we are very good in mathematics, in physics, in science, in business, Income everywhere, logic and reasoning is required. We are very good. Unfortunately, when it comes to life, we do not seem to use our faculty of reasoning or logic properly. 
and therefore on account of some kind of distorted we have some reasoning but a distorted reasoning in therefore about life even after using our logic and thinking we come to wrong conclusions you follow what i'm saying the faculty of logic and reasoning is given to us to arrive at right conclusion right understanding right conclusion and we are always endeavoring human being is always endeavoring let's call science constantly endeavoring to understand and arrive at the right conclusions and understanding that's how life is we are very good when it comes to the material world you know we are very good with our reasoning with our logic with our conclusions <coughs> when it comes to the objective world meaning it comes to the things other than ourselves <coughs> you know the difference between objective and subjective objective is whatever is different from me subjective is myself you know so when it comes to objective things such as an object like this we are great in analyzing it in different ways the different ways of analysis with the split apart what to do you know so human being has developed many many ways of examining analyzing and we are very good when it comes to analyzing and understanding understanding objects meaning things other than ourselves what we call material you know so the material things whether it is different elements it is rivers waters forces etc all they are very good and we are constantly learning and growing because we are objective you know what is object means we are impartial when you take something like this just to explain to you when i take some object like this i have no agenda about that so i want to understand what this is my mind is open to observe this analyze this and understand it without my personal opinion or personal agenda you know agenda means whether this is good bad indifferent i have no problem with it i am willing to accept thing as it is meaning that we are able to accept the objective world as it is that's called being objective we are impartial and no partiality no conclusion no agenda as an engineer as a doctor as a lawyer as a scientist as anybody i am very objective impartial open minded when it comes to a specimen of engineering or medicine or any other thing you understand what i'm saying uh you all are 
have gone through the training in schools and colleges, etc. Whether you are a student of science or you are a student of economics or logic, whatever branch of learning you take, even a student of economics also, you analyze the economic phenomena objectively. Objectively means that you are impartial about the conclusions and you are willing to accept things as they are. You know, objective is a very important word. Subjective and objective. Subjective means that I look at things from my own glasses. I already have some conclusion or I already have some agenda and then I look at the things. Objective means I have no agenda, no conclusion. I am willing to accept the conclusion as it is. Like a scientist, they have a hypothesis, you know. A scientist has a hypothesis. When he starts investigating anything, by scientist I mean scientist or economist or whoever it is, Anybody who is doing research work wants to understand new things. You start with the hypothesis, this is how it is likely to be. And then you start investigation. When you investigate, you are open-minded, meaning that it is quite likely that what you thought is different from what it is, then you no problem, you accept it. You thought that this matter means particle, you find that it is wave, you no problem. You thought it is wave, it comes out with particle, no problem. You thought that star is a new star or something like that, it can turn different, no problem. So if the things turn out to be different from what you thought it to be, you have no problem with that, you are, you know. You are not disappointed, nothing. You are happy that you learned something. That's called being object. When you start investigation and you already have concluded that's how it should be, then your mind will always manipulate things. That's called subjective. So uh, think about, you know, someday we'll discuss it in more detail. But then, as far as the objective world is concerned, we are open-minded, we are objective, and then we can understand the world very well. So all branches of learning, science, economics, politics, history, geography, and whatever it is, we are objective, open-minded, and therefore we investigate and understand things as they are. There also somebody may have an agenda, that's a different thing. Somebody wants to distort the history for his own reasons. That, that's, that's called subjectivity. I know history to be such and such, but I present it in a different way for an agenda. Because I want to paint some people in a certain way, etc. So that's called subjective part. You follow what I'm saying? History is objective. I have an agenda. I want to have. I want history to be in certain ways, so so as to favor me. So I am. I am a Western person, and I have a conclusion that Western is superior to Eastern people. You know. Suppose. 
So I approach history even with conclusion that we are Westerners, we are white, we are this, that and so forth and we are superior. They are all Easterners and they are dark skin and they are all stupid, they are inferior. I'm not saying that's what they think. It's likely, suppose somebody approaches history with this conclusion, then they are not objective. They will take the history and, and, and manipulate that, interpret that to arrive at their conclusion. You see what I'm saying? It's happening in the world everywhere. People already have a conclusion and then they interpret and manipulate things to justify their conclusion because he feels good about justification. And so uh, we, are, we are quite objective when it can, comes to things other than ourselves, but we are not objective about ourselves, meaning that we are not able to observe ourselves, understand ourselves in an objective, open-minded manner. Very surprising. When I look at this computer, I am able to open mind understand what it is. When it comes to myself, I am not open-minded with myself. I am not objective with myself. So next time we will continue. This discussion about the objectivity and subjectivity and how we are not objective, not open-minded, not openly receptive to our own selves. We are not open-minded, we are not free, we are not equally receptive to ourselves. We have a lot of problems with ourselves. I have no problem with this object in my hand, therefore I am objective. If a problem with somebody, then I am not objective. Unfortunately, with me, I have lots of problems. And therefore, when it comes to ourselves, we are not objective. We are not objective in our life. So even the conclusion human being draws about life are not very objective conclusions. That's the reason why we go to scriptures. Like we go to science when it comes to the world, because science is objective. Similarly, when it comes to ourselves, we go to scriptures because they are objective. Uh, we'll keep this in mind and, and explore this topic further when we meet you next time. Before we conclude, anybody has any questions on what we said? And during the week also, when you Think about this and questions arise, please note them down. So today Shruv expressed questions in his mind was very good. Similarly, uh, and I would wish also that this discussion doesn't stop just here. That among yourself also the discussion continues in your own way. If you continue to explore this, then that is how in, in Vedanta is called Marana, meaning the reflecting upon what you heard. Right now you are listening to me. In Sanskrit that called Shravanam, listening. 
but merely shravanam does not give us total understanding when we reflect upon that and see what i understand what does it mean to me what does it mean in my life then that is mananam then that understanding becomes more clear and more helpful useful and third step is to put it into practice but before you put something into practice called nididhyasana there should be clarity of understanding and that clarity requires our own thinking not just because swami said that that you receive but then you yourself ask swami said this 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 what do i think about it do i agree not that you are disagree when you, you remember the reason why you agree that's how you get clarity and then if you have to grow then you put this into practice that is when actually growth takes place that's when happiness comes then one level of happiness is an understanding real happiness is when you put that understanding into practice and so uh, what we wish is that this doesn't mean like a school lesson and then you know but then shravanam manam reflection etc so please keep that also in mind uh, so i'm sure that one of you summarizes but then everybody should be ready to summarize everybody has thought about it so how nice it is when you summarize how nicely it comes out it shows how you reviewed it and you know look. so if everybody does that then the learning becomes more solid more tangible more valuable om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyade purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyade om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om